It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Rams didn't let COVID slow them down. Is Kyrie Irving coming back to the Nets? Plus, how fragile is this NBA season right now? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The NFC playoff picture just got a lot more interesting. The LA Rams going to the desert and taking down the Arizona Cardinals 30-23. to The Cardinals fall out of the top seed in the conference. And the Rams now just a game back in the NFC West. Joining me now from Locked On Rams is Sosa Comendras. And Sosa, this game, the first time these two teams met, the Cardinals won by double digits. What changed this time around? Yeah, you know, I think that game was even a little bit skewed. You know, you go back to some of those missed passes. It was still early in the season for guys like Matthew Stafford trying to get their chemistry down. Uh, this time around, a lot cleaner football, right? You're talking about a quarterback that didn't throw any interceptions, no fumbles, nothing like that. I talked about it all week on the podcast. I locked on Rams. You got to play a clean football game. Give your chance a give your team a chance to win this game and not implode like they have a lot of times in the past few weeks. And uh, they stuck to their game plan. You talk about a team that didn't have a starting center out there, starting right tackle, starting tight end, starting running back, Jalen Ramsey. They were missing a lot of players due to that little COVID blow up there today. Um, and they still found a way to get it done. I thought they carried over a lot of what they did last week against the Jaguars, seen some of those jumbo packages, you know, the 13 personnel kind of plays out there, six line, O-linemen um, grounding and pounding the football a little bit with Sony Michelle. And then you look at Cooper, Cooper Cup. I mean, this guy stood out in a big way, uh, continues to make plays on third down, continues to move the chains for this team, making plays down the field everywhere, really. Uh, and they really found a way to get it done, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I was really impressed with how they were uh, able to limit a guy like Kyler Murray. Yeah, 23 points with DeAndre Hopkins back, Kyler Murray, and no Jalen Ramsey is absolutely doing yeoman's work for the LA Rams. The other X factor to me, when I watched this game, Odell Beckham, six catches, 77 yards, and the touchdown had the big play. He has hit some big plays since he has come to L.A., got off to a bit of a slow start, but seems to have found a role in this offense. And with Matthew Stafford, they want to push the ball down the field with Odell. It seems like they can get him once or twice every game. They just need to hit him. And that adds a really explosive element to this offense. Yeah, like you mentioned, it feels like this was sort of the coming out party, right? They've had a lot of, you know, flashes here and there where they look like they're kind of getting on the same page and then a throw or two always kind of pulls them back and we start to see, you know, okay, maybe they're not really on the same page yet. Uh, but this was the first time I really felt like these two got their connection down. Every pass was pretty much pinpoint accurate. You look at the touchdown. I mean, he kills a cornerback off the line of scrimmage there. You really started to see some of those flashes that made Odell really, really great. The leverage in his routes, you know, the ability to break in and out of breaks really quickly. No wasted movement, a lot of speed, uh, strong hands. And he made a lot of plays for this team, especially when they needed them today. Uh, showed out in a big way. And I think 
you know, the further we get in this season, the more they're going to get comfortable with each other. And then we can really start to see what this connection can become. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Coming up is Kyrie Irving coming back to the Nets this season. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Steph Curry finished with five three-pointers in Monday's 102-100 win over the Indiana Pacers, putting him on the doorstep of the NBA's all-time record that he will now look to break tonight at the league's grandest stage, Madison Square Garden. That record is for the most three-pointers of all time. The five threes that he hit against the Pacers gave him 2,972 trays for his career, one behind Ray Allen at 2,973 and two away from sole possession of the record. The Suns brought their NBA best record to L.A. to face the Clippers on Monday night. What is going on, Clips fans? Chuck Mockler here. One half of the hosting duo over at Locked On Clippers coming at you after a shorthanded Clippers team beats a not as shorthanded Suns team. 111-95. Marcus Morris has 24 points. He's hitting shots from everywhere on the floor, but the mid-range buckets had to be backbreaking for the Phoenix Suns to watch this go in over and over. Avica Zubats played fantastic defensively. He was great on Chris Paul and he was tasked with guarding him. An all-around great performance from the whole team, really, um, on both ends in this one. Seven clips and double digits. They got a win streak going. They've been shorthanded. We'll take anyone we can get, especially against a divisional opponent. It's on to the Jazz on Wednesday. Aaron Rodgers said after the Packers' 45-30 win on Sunday night that he re-aggravated a broken toe in his pinky. Rodgers telling NBC during the week that if it got stepped on, he may have to get surgery on the toe. Right now, we have no further update on his status. So for now, we expect him to go Sunday against the Ravens. In other injury news for quarterbacks, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson was not ruled out against the Green Bay Packers on Monday, a day after he sprained his right ankle in Sunday's 24-22 loss to the Cleveland Browns. John Harbaugh said, the plans are right now in my mind for Lamar to be out there. So we'll see where it goes this week. If he can go, he'll go. If not, Tyler Huntley will be the quarterback. That's where we're at right now. It looks like we're going to get Aaron Rodgers versus Lamar Jackson That could change seemingly at any minute. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your college football and pro football action this season. We're already at week 15 in the NFL, looking ahead to the Thursday night game. It is a baller matchup. The Kansas City Chiefs head to L.A. to play the L.A. Chargers. The betonline.ag line for this game has the Chiefs favored by three and a half. And next weekend, we have Saturday NFL. The Cleveland Browns are six-point favorites at home against the Las Vegas Raiders, according to betonline.ag. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're favored this weekend. That's not a typo. They host the Houston Texans, and the betonline.ag line for this game is Jacksonville giving three. For all your gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to get that bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. 
Kyrie Irving could come back to the Brooklyn Nets this season. This, according to Sham Sarania, joining me now from Locked On Nets, Adam Armbrecht. And Adam, this feels like the kind of thing that you send to a friendly reporter to let everyone know, hey, I want to come back and maybe put the onus on the team a little bit. Now, the report did not say whether or not it would be that, oh, he could play road games or he would get vaccinated what do you think is the most likely scenario in this situation? Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to tell when these things come out because everything ends up being sources close to. It's never anything directly from Kyrie. And then, by the way, uh, shy of when this all first began, Sean Marks, Joseph Sy, they've been very upfront with their statements. There hasn't been a lot of of movement on as far as perspectives go. But I would say that if you think the sample size this season as good as the Nets have been still being first in the Eastern Conference, tells you that they're going to need more if they want to win a championship. It would not be shocking if the Nets maybe change their perspective on having Kyrie played road games to start and then see how things play out over the remainder of the season as far as mandates go and what would afford him to be able to play then in Brooklyn as well rest of the season and ultimately playoffs. Something else struck me as I was reading this. I, I, I was wondering in terms of a, a play from Kyrie Irving. If he wants to play unfettered, there could be destination cities in the NBA that would allow him to do that. Mm -hmm. What do you think the chances that this is resolved with Kyrie Irving coming back, but not ultimately playing for the Brooklyn Nets? I'd say almost zero. You go all the way back to the beginning of October when teams had reached out to the Brooklyn Nets and essentially all indications are teams reached out. The Nets have not responded to any of it. And the real piece being is what's the guarantee that a team that's trading for Kyrie Irving is going to get a player that wants to come in and play. He could give that indication. We know that Kyrie is a guy that certainly can change his opinion or stance on, on a particular idea. So mm -hmm. you could be trading for someone that won't be available for you. And then in that scenario, those teams are clearly probably offering things that are pennies on the dollar for Kyrie Irving. So if you're the Brooklyn Nets, there's a certain threshold where you go, well, if he's not going to play, He's not going to play for us. He's not going to go for it with you and not play, or we're not going to take lesser value. He has the player option after this season. Things could resolve in a lot of different ways long-term, but I think the Brooklyn Nets have been careful with the way that they've worded their, their stance with Kyrie as far as from a basketball perspective and then a personal perspective where they've been nothing but supportive of him so that if there is a, a door to open where Kyrie can come back and play, it's going to be for the Brooklyn Nets. It's going to be to help them win a championship. If Kyrie Irving does come back to Brooklyn in, let's say, January, February, are they the favorites? Yeah. Yeah, they have to be. I mean, listen, I know a lot of people right now are talking about James Harden and that his game doesn't look the same that it used to. Remember, he's a guy coming off of an injury, the hamstring. He usually comes into the season a little bit out of shape and has to work up to that. And then you combine it. This is an evolving team. They're trying to figure out what this version of their team looks like. Over the last handful of games, you've seen Nicholas Claxton now back on the court after missing 17 games. His defensive versatility means a lot. They're doing this without Kyrie, without Joe Harris, you know, shuffling pieces. They didn't, they haven't had Millsap at all. It took a while to get LaMarcus Aldrich really up and running. Blake Griffin is no longer a part of the rotation. So, you know, all of these elements, and they're still the first in the East. Now, do I think that the Bucs present and other teams in the East can present really significant challenges? Of course they do. But I'm not going to put it past a recently uh, highlight real performing uh, Kevin Durant and these Brooklyn Nets to be able to figure it out. Uh, long season ahead. So if Kyrie comes back to me, it's right back where we were last year. Who's going to stop them? And that that's what that's what Kyrie means to this team, what he can mean to this team if he's able to get back on the court.
Coming up, how fragile is the NBA season right now? Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the perfect treat this holiday season. You're going to eat a lot of things that are delicious, that might, might make you feel less than stellar. And that's okay. Listen, the holidays are for enjoying yourselves. Everyone should be enjoying the holidays. It's great. Enjoy yourselves. Hashtag treat yourself. We don't do that anymore, but hashtag treat yourself. It's okay. Do that. But there are plenty of times when you can have something delicious that doesn't make you feel guilty about it. That doesn't make you feel like, oh, why did I do that? Built Bar is that thing. They've got delicious flavors, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, if you like a little fruit, raspberry, cherry, it gives you that extra fuel to power through a family situation that maybe you're not super into. <laughs> we, we talk about that a lot with Thanksgiving. Christmas can be the same kind of way. Other holidays. Listen, I understand. Built Bar is delicious and good for you. That's what you need to know about Built Bar. And I've been telling you about it for, I mean, years now. Years. The chocolate. You know, the holiday season is about sweets. It's about treating yourself. But also giving yourself something that is good for your body. And that's what Built is all about. High in protein, high in fiber, low in fat, low in net carbs, low in sugar. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's Built.com and the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. With an incredible 10 players for the Chicago Bulls in health and safety protocols, the NBA decided to postpone the team's next two games in conjunction with the Chicago Public Health Department. Joining me now from Locked on Bulls, it's Matt Peck. And Matt, this is... A, a bit of a surprise, but it seems like the right call when, when you heard that they were going to essentially let the Bulls take time to get healthy. What was your reaction? I, I was relieved, honestly, Peter. Um, the Bulls technically coming into Tuesday do have eight players available, which is the league minimum of guys who can dress to field a team and play a game that day. However, two of those guys are two-way contracts and Tyler Cook and, and Devon Dotson not not real NBA caliber players, no offense to them. Another, Marco Simonovic, last year's second-round pick, has spent most of his time in the G League despite being a fully-fledged member of the Bulls' 15-man roster. And uh, another guy, uh, Alfonso McKinney, was the second player that the Bulls added from the hardship exception because guess what? The first guy they added with the hardship exception, Stanley Johnson, immediately went into health and safety protocols upon arriving to the Bulls. It's a dire situation. I'm glad the league made this call and postponed these games despite the fact that technically, if no other players tested positive Tuesday morning, they could have fielded a squad because even after seeing them play that game against the Heat on Saturday, one Heat player and a Heat broadcaster have now been placed in health and safety protocols following that game. So the the, the league, I think, did the right thing here to say, okay, let's take a pause here. Hopefully the Bulls and the league can figure out a way to reschedule these games at a later date. It does make me wonder, though, Matt, in a sport 
where you have these condensed rosters and they rely so much on just a handful of players. Is there going to be any self-reflection within the NBA on health and safety protocols within the 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 uh, Chicago Bulls organization? Is the NBA going to investigate whether or not protocols were followed? Like, what is the fallout from all of this? Because this seems like an untenable situation, especially as variants and flu season hits. Yeah, that's a very good question, Peter. And honestly, one that I'm not sure the league knows the answer to quite yet. Last season, they knew they were going to be dealing with this, uh, especially there are, you know, the waves of spikes and then declines in COVID numbers in the U.S. And then also around the holidays in particular, you see those spikes because there's a lot more travel going on in the holidays. But also last season, the NBA built into its schedule time for makeup games for these postponements because of COVID and a lot more like clumped road trips. So teams would go to Florida and play all the Florida teams, go to New York, play all the New York teams. There's less of that built into the NBA schedule this year, and they're still trying to plow through and kind of play this season, not as if COVID doesn't exist, but with fewer of those kind of insurance policies in place from from what I can tell. And now, I mean, take the Christmas Day slate, for example. That is a huge cash cow for the NBA, not something that they want to risk. But between that, between All-Star Weekend, remember when they weren't going to have All-Star Weekend last season and then the league said, oh, that's too much money to lose. We're going to have All-Star Weekend. Players were pissed off about it. There was a lot of backlash. And it happened because what? Because money is the determining factor here. So unless there is a massive outbreak where 50% or more of the rosters across the league are in a situation like the Bulls are now, I don't see the league slowing down other than these occasional postponements because it's all about the Benjamins. And finally, Georgia Southern beat Carver College 133-15 on Monday, the second largest margin of victory in women's Division I history. The margin, 118 points, trails the record of 129 set by Savannah State when it beat Wesleyan 155-26 in 2018. The women's record for a game involving two Division I teams is 108 points set by Baylor when it beat Winthrop 140-32 to in 2016. And if all of those dates seem recent, it's because they are. The rich have gotten richer when it comes to women's college basketball. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe free and available on all platforms. Coming up Wednesday, will Steph Curry stand alone on the three-point mountain? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 